Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. 905, I'm Michelle Martin. Good morning. Asia Pacific markets are trending lower this morning, setting aside an overnight session of gains on Wall Street. Sydney and Seoul are both off more than a quarter percent. Tokyo is flat. Investors have their eyes on Bank of Japan, which will issue an interest rate decision at 11 a.m., as well as on rising COVID-19 cases over in India. And then there are corporate profits. There are a whole lot of earnings numbers to assess. Joining me now to do just that and help break down all the market action. Good morning, Ryan Huang. Morning, Michelle. All right, we've got lots of corporate earnings and announcements to get through this morning. But first, some feel-good news. Now, some of us have already felt this. I say this all the times. Others could perhaps look on in disbelief. Singapore is now officially ranked as the best place in the world to be during the COVID-19 pandemic. That is according to a Bloomberg index called the COVID Resilience Ranking. Singapore knocks New Zealand out of first place. So Ryan, what are some of the factors that Bloomberg took into account when ranking Singapore? Yeah, so what an achievement, number one Mm. on this index. And this COVID Resilience Ranking uses a couple of metrics and we are looking at how One of them is the pandemic being handled most effectively in terms of having the least social and economic disruption. Of course, the rates around mortality and testing, access to vaccines and freedom of movement. These are just some of the factors. And of course, I think Singapore has pretty much done a pretty good job. Yeah, if you look closer at the COVID-19 Resilience Index, one lesson that seems to stand out this month is that vaccinations alone are not ending the pandemic. So why is that and what are the numbers showing? Yeah, so this is interesting because if you look at places like France and Chile, where they do have good access to vaccines, they are actually down in their rankings. And this points to the factor how you are only as strong as your weakest link in the sense that if other places don't get vaccines and go into your borders, you will still be suffering from rising number of cases. And this is especially so right now when you look at how how some hotspots like in India are having trouble containing the situation where they are running out of equipment, running out of oxygen supplies, running out of just resources to manage the COVID-19 pandemic. So that is a urgent situation which needs to be addressed. Now, in other COVID-19 related news, it is official. The Singapore-Hong Kong air travel bubble will launch on May 26. That is in one month. Now, when we compare the procedures and the requirements for this linkage with the rules that Europe's announced regarding the arrivals of US tourists, one thing that stands out to me is this. Europe will require visitors to be vaccinated. Hong Kong and Singapore, on the other hand, will require negative COVID-19 Test. So what do you think about this? Yeah, so this is interesting because it shows a bit of a contrast when it comes to managing the movement of people. And you pointed out how um, when it comes to Singapore and Hong Kong, the travel bubble, you just need a test if you're a Singaporean going to Hong Kong. You just need a test, a negative result. Actually, what's interesting is for Hong Kongers coming to Singapore, you need a vaccine. So the... Opposite direction, if you're from Hong Kong coming in, the Hong Kong authorities require you to be vaccinated. So I think it is just a matter of different philosophies. And it is um, being thought of based on many factors, including how 
they manage COVID-19 on the ground, how confident they are in their own measures when it comes to things like maybe safe entry, managing how people are moving around. So all that comes into play in their own domestic thinking towards this approach. Yeah, good point, the difference there. In tech news, a battle between Apple and Facebook, ostensibly over consumer privacy rights, is kicking into higher gear. Apple has launched an anti-tracking shield with its latest operating system. Now, when users install the update on their phones, every app on the device will be required to ask and to receive consent to track online activities. So, Ryan, while some privacy advocates are likely to applaud this move, isn't this also a direct hit on Facebook's ad-driven business model? Yeah, on the surface, it does seem that way. So what you have right now is Apple's iOS will now require all apps, existing apps and new apps to ask you for permission to track you. And this supposedly so that it can give you better advertisements, more targeted ones that are relevant to you, things that maybe you need more than generic ads. So, of course, the likes of Facebook and everyone else in the advertising space has been kicking up a fuss saying this eats into the effectiveness of what they can sell. Essentially, they might sell fewer ads. So that has been a complaint. So that is something... That, that Facebook and I think the rest of the industry has to grapple with when more users and consumers are starting to kick up a fuss about privacy controls and privacy rights. I find it interesting that unlike Facebook, Google is taking Apple's charges in stride. After all, the search engine also relies on tracking users to tailor its ads. So how come Google doesn't seem so upset about these changes? Yeah, so this is interesting because I think it is due to an existing relationship that Google has with Apple where they pay Apple to be the preferred search engine on iPhones and iPads. So there is that business relationship they have that they might not want to derail. So I think that comes into consideration when these things play out. Mm -hmm. Facebook's also been placing full-page ads in U.S. newspapers, attacking Apple. But as upset as he is, Mark Zuckerberg says these new restrictions may actually be good for Facebook in the long run. So why is that? And do you buy Zuckerberg's argument or is he just looking for a silver lining in terms of what could actually be a bad deal for his company? Well, he's just doing what a CEO does, right? Which is to <laughs> talk up his company and what he is coming through with his rationale is when maybe Apple's new privacy controls really kick in and in the long term people start to at least advertisers start to shun Apple products and anything to do with Apple they might turn elsewhere which is Facebook products like Instagram maybe Facebook or maybe down the road even WhatsApp so all that will mean the Facebook ecosystem might become stronger in the advertising world and command more because in the Facebook world, you will maybe get more targeted ads, which is what advertisers want. So that is how he sees it as maybe, like you pointed out, a positive silver lining. Investors so far taking the news in stride. Facebook, Apple and Google shares all finish higher overnight. Now, one more note about Apple. Most people associate the iPhone maker with its California headquarters. Apple is making a big move to the southeast of the U.S., though. It's announced a $1 billion U.S. dollar investment in North Carolina, where it will see a new employee campus there, focusing on machine learning, amongst other things. Next up, let's take a look at Tesla. The electric car maker is reporting a huge surge in revenue, up 74%, but investors are not happy. What's the story here? Yeah, let me run you through the numbers first. Mm -hmm. So earnings is at 93 cents per share. That is 
above expectations of 79 cents and revenue was at 10.39 billion. And this is beating expectations of 10.29 billion. In fact, it's up 74% from the same period last year. So in all accounts, it is quite a solid first quarter. In fact, it's the seventh straight profitable quarter. But in after-hours trading, it was down by as much as 3%. So it looks like investors are not really happy with the details behind the numbers. And we are looking at a couple of reasons. And if you look at the reasons why its revenue was up, it was due to things like regulatory credits. Mm -hmm. This has been what's been boosting Tesla's revenue for the past few quarters. In fact, so much so that it makes more money selling those green credits to other automakers than it does make money in selling cars. And these are the credits which are required by law in the US for automakers in order to offset their carbon emissions. So the the concern here is, is Tesla too reliant on these credits? And what's going to happen down the road when these automakers move into the EV space more and don't require those credits? It will likely mean that you might see a bit of a dent when it comes to the revenue. So that is coming into play when you look at how um, Tesla's outlook in terms of its sustainability might be affected. Now, we've talked on this show about how Tesla's made a high-profile bet on Bitcoin. And now that we've taken a closer look at the company's books, how is that bet turning out for it? Yeah, it is paying off. And this is, of course, in line with how Bitcoin has jumped so much in the past few months. And so much so, it recorded $101 million in terms of positive impact from selling Bitcoin. And just to bear in mind, it bought Bitcoin to the tune of $1.5 billion worth. So it has quite a bit of a war chest when it comes to cryptocurrency. So it managed to take some profit and book a profit of over a 100 million dollars so it is sitting quite pretty on the at least bitcoin bandwagon now time for singapore corporate earnings it's time for a game of up or down i name an asset or a company in the news and ryan tells us which way it's moving are you ready let's go sheng Xiong. all right sheng Xiong, the supermarket chain that has been making quite a bit of money in the past well, since the pandemic started and quite some time before that as well, it has posted another good profit for the first quarter and this to the tune of $30.9 million. That is up 6.5%. So it is an up for me. Yep, definitely good Q, uh, good Q1 for financial year 2021. Net profit up 6.5%. The engineering solutions company ISDN. Okay, ISDN is an up for me. In fact, it just posted net profit for the first quarter of $6.1 million. Mm-hmm. So that is up 95%. And what's worth noting is it is pointing to how there's increasing demand for industrial automation. So in that space, companies are really seeing some benefits and expect to get more benefits from the wider shift towards an industrial economy when you have more countries and more companies becoming, in a way, smarter and requiring those pieces of equipment. Also, the global semiconductor shortage, they think that might be helping perhaps with prices. And of course, what we are seeing in the trends of Industry Mm. 4.0 playing out and just creating more demand. Yep, good for ISDN. Profits nearly doubling in the first quarter. It's an up for me for sure. Next, Top Glove. Okay, Top Glove would be an up for me after quite some downtime. And this is off the back of how it has been accused since July last year of 
labor abusers, how it has been treating its workers unfairly, how it has not been doing a good job managing COVID-19. In fact, so much so, the US at one point banned its gloves and this over forced labor accusations. So finally, Top Glove says it has resolved all 11 international labor organizations' indicators of forced labor. So this includes things like vulnerability, retention of identity documents. So it's quite a long list and it says it has managed to clear all these requirements to pass what is being set out by the ILO. Yeah, it should be an up for Top Glove. Next, Envy. Okay, Envy is one of those companies making news for the wrong reasons. And this is Envy being involved in the largest ever, well, so far suspected investment fraud scheme to the tune of $1 billion. So the guy in the center of it, Eng Yizhi, 34 years old, he has been slapped with an additional charge. And this is over the false um, fabrication of an Electronic, electronic record where he supposedly wanted to show $60 million being transferred from his asset management company to a Citibank account. So according to a new charge sheet seen by Bloomberg, that is the latest charge where he made a false electronic record. So more trouble on top of existing trouble. Indeed, Eng Yuchi facing a total 11 counts in courts. CICT, Capital Land, Integrated Commercial Trust, up or down? I would say it's an up for me and mm-hmm. that is off the back of a good first quarter. And we are looking at net property income higher by 66.6%. And that was one of the gainers yesterday on the STI. In addition to all those earnings announcement, and yeah, CICT's property portfolio really appears to have fully recovered from the pandemic. Net income up 66%. Wow. In addition to all the earnings announcements, investors also reacting to an upward revision in estimates for Singapore's growth rates. A strong showing by Singapore's factory sector last month is expected to boost GDP growth to 0.9% in the first quarter. Now that is four times better than previous forecasts. Thank you very much. He's Ryan Huang. I'm Michelle Martin. Stay with me here on the show all about your money. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.